Well, guys, welcome back to another fantabulous episode of Beards, Brews, and Bros. I am your host, the leader of the Mossman Force 5, and with my co-host, Mr. Byron Moss, and without further delay, the man who did not celebrate Valentine's Day, but sure as hell going to be raising and celebrating Palm Sunday, Mr. K. <laughs> hey, at least my four favorite words in, 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 your, in my vocabulary aren't, is it in yet? <laughs> okay. Second pop back too, motherfucker. Well, uh, like I said, you're gonna be raising and all things considered on the holy day. What an asshole! Welcome back, guys. How we doing today? Doing fan fucking tastic. Living the dream. Oh, don't say that. You don't work in retail. You're not allowed to say that. I can say that because my job has got zero stress. I am living the dream. Hmm. Eat a finely polished bag of dicks, good sir. <laughs> oh, they'll be jealous. Exactly. Hey, it's my day off today. I actually got to sleep. Well, so, so, well, we got, so you know, before we get started, guys, um, and I do want to acknowledge, and this one, this is, you know, pretty personal to me, the in the wrestling world, we lost an absolute icon Monday night. Uh, Scott, Scott Hall, known better to the world as Razor Ramon. Hey, yo. Uh, he passed away at the age of 63 after complications from a hip surgery where a blood clot got loose after he broke his hip and he had three consecutive heart attacks and the his family took him off of life support around noon Monday and he's and he made it about another six hours on his own. So, hey, he may have done the job to death, but he wasn't going to go. He wasn't going to lie down so easily, you know, um, he really changed the game for ever in the wrestling business whenever he jumped to WCW and helped create what we now know as the New World Order. And also, he's partially responsible for wrestlers getting guaranteed contracts today. Uh, he and Kevin Nash got guaranteed money, which at a time no wrestlers ever did. And now, now everybody does. Also, I don't think there was a wrestler who was effortlessly as cool as him. And that includes The Rock. I, I, I mean that. And I had to, I had to go do some, um, do some thinking about it, watching some of The Rock's matches and, and the stuff he wore to the ring, especially when we're talking about Cuban pimp daddy Rock from the year 2000. <laughs> he looked like Razor, you know, and I watched his matches. He, they threw the same type of punches on their, on their comebacks and everything and did, this, did the fall away slam, which is one of Razor's uh, trademark moves. Uh, I would dare say his biggest contribution for me personally is that he's responsible for the Crow Sting character, and not everybody knows that. Um, he went to he went up to Sting, and who was kind of in need of a bit of a change, and he said, "Have you ever heard of the movie The Crow?" And then he showed it to him, and the rest is history. Um, he 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 did so much for the wrestling business. Uh, obviously, iconic match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 10, the ladder match, and then they had another amazing one the next year at SummerSlam. But a, a founding father of the New World Order, the Click, uh, just way too influential, and he's the reason I still throw imaginary toothpicks at imaginary cameras to this day. So. Next, so the next time, so the next time you see a toothpick, make sure you throw it and say, "Hey, yo, Chico." One more for the bad guy. Rest in peace, Scott Hall. 
and lost at the age of 63 and an absolute icon in the wrestling business. Very well said, man. Definitely was a sad ordeal. And, you know, so many good memories with him and the ring and everything. And, you know, obviously the NWO, I mean, more of my fond memories was him as Razor Ramon working in the WWF back in the day, obviously. One of the more decorated, obviously, intercontinental champions. You know, I think of that belt, I think of him. Absolutely. Um, well, a lot of people said, Chris Jericho, in one of many tributes, said probably the greatest wrestler to never win the world title. I definitely would agree with that. I mean, the man never did get his true shot at it, and I felt like he should have. I believe in the WWF he had one title match that I know of, and that was the 93 Royal Rumble against Bret Hart. And in WCW he had one world title match to my recollection, which was against Sting at Uncensored 98, which he lost. But also his work in the ring in WCW uh, as the Outsiders um, really helped light the tag team division in that company on fire where they had great matches with the Harlem Heat and the Steiner brothers and, you know, and so so on and so forth. Um, You know, he would come out there. The thing is, like, people didn't look at Hollywood Hulk Hogan and think he was cool, but you saw Scott Hall and you knew he was cool. And he'd come out and do the whole survey on Nitro. And he would, and he, you know, he'd say, how many people here came to see WCW? You know, kind of mocking the Southern, you know, background of World Championship Wrestling. And then the crowd would give like a mixed response. But then he would turn around and say, or oh, is everybody here tonight to see the holds the mic out? And then the crowd chants NWO. And survey says one more for the bad guy. You know, like it just he he was he was cool because that's not something you can teach. Either you got it or you don't. And dude just walked in and last night at work, for instance, I kept finding myself doing the, the razor Ramon sideways walk and pretending like I was walking under a ladder because you know that's bad luck. And he did that at WrestleMania 10. It just it kept crossing my mind all night, you know. Um, he's going to be sorely, sorely missed by everybody in the wrestling business and anyone who grew up that used to watch uh, the World Wrestling Federation back when it was known as that will have very, very fond memories. Fun fact, when he interviewed for that for his, that job in the WWF, he did the Tony Montana impersonation. Vince McMahon loved it so much he thought he came up with it himself. Vince McMahon had never seen Scarface. Well, he that missed movie, out on that. That movie came out in 1983. Razor Ramon debuted in 1992. He thought that was all an original, an original idea. Say hello, Teresa Ramon. Great times, happy memories. Absolutely. Well, guys, what do you say we pick back up and we go ahead and we talk about what we're going to address today? Uh, folks, for the show tonight, we actually have our nerd news segment, same as always. We have our toughest bosses and rage quit moments. And then we have a discussion about our greatest concert memories. And then we're going to talk about some co-op games that we will probably eventually get into future endeavors of playing together. And then we're going to flash back and rewind into our retro rewind where we're going to discuss phones from back in the day you know times whenever we grew up it's like don't call me until it's after nine o'clock save my minutes (laughs) facts 
So what do you say we go ahead and we dive into this fun edition of the Nerd News? Sounds good. Let's get it. Kyle, what do you say me and you go ahead and start this show off? Because there was some big shake up news in the gaming world. When a gaming company you think is, you know, trying to sell you a bag of dicks and you realize, like, they still kind of love me. They're going to give me something good. Mm-hmm. You know, Konami, I, I I feel every time they offer, they they put out something, it's like, it's like they're an old friend who became a crackhead and they're trying to sell you drugs. But That's these drugs, you know what? Damn it, I'm biting. And I know you are too, probably more than me. So I'll go ahead and we'll let you take the lead. Well, I'm going to start with this. Turtles don't do drugs. And folks, we are in fact talking about the Cowabunga collection of TMNT. For once in our lives, a gaming company is delivering the goods that we oh so desired. We're getting 13 of the original TMNT games. That means Turtles in Time. One through three, we're getting the arcade versions. We're getting the three Game Boy games. And the game I'm most excited about is Ninja Turtles 3, The Manhattan Project. Oh, not of like, course. So many goosebumps. And then obviously we got Hyperstone Heist. We've got Sega representation. We've got Nintendo. We've got the arcade. We've got the Game Boy all well represented in this game. And it's at the price point of $39.99. You that's cannot not, that's not that's terrible. got me, dude. No joke. It was the 40 bucks. Dude, there's a lot of people throwing heat because they think it should be $29.99. But I'm like, dude, I will pay the extra $10 because, you know what? We have been wanting this game for so long. We've wanted a collection of Turtles games. And finally, you know, the people the people get through and they finally hear the voices that have been left silent for so long. I think about this. You're getting essentially 10 games, 4 bucks a pop. Like what? What are you complaining about? And dude, you, thirteen games, my dude. Thirteen games. Oh, 13. Okay, then that's like three dollars and change. Once again, what are you complaining about? This is this is highway robbery, as far as I'm concerned. And yeah, we are getting the the kind of bad original TMNT game where the with the where you, the swimming stage that's evil. But come on, you're getting Manhattan Project, Hyperstone Heist. Both versions of Turtle in Time and all three versions of Tournament Fighters. Come on, man. Oh, dude, even the arcade version, the original two. Like, you're getting yeah, yeah, the NES in the arcade that, of that. Didn't mention that one, but that, that, that one was miles better. That was the framework for all of the games for the rest of the 8 and 16-bit era, truthfully. Exactly. And, I mean, something else, too. We've got great build-up to Shredder's Revenge at the end of the year. <clears throat> cannot wait no we're and I, I we're in agreement are we all three of us buying this because i think we all are probably i'm definitely buying the turtle the turtle collection and i'm also gonna say we have to get the shredder's revenge just solely for the fact of it's something that is going to be as of right now they have it it's stated as being cross-platform mm-hmm. that's one thing that draws me in two is the fact of nostalgia and you know what? I, I'm going to go on a limb for three because I'm going to add three in. Possibility of maybe getting to play as Casey Jones and the fucking <laughs> Shredder's Revenge. That that That's a badass proposition. You cannot tell me if you're going to put April O'Neil and Splinter in there. You cannot leave out Casey Jones. Oh, you've got to. Way more badass than Splinter. Exactly. 
So no, wait, we're we're super excited about that. And of course, being nineties kids, raised on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or in Jared's case, more Power Rangers, but still, it's like a one A and one B there. This is this is this is great. And what you know what? You gotta give credit where it's due. Konami has almost no goodwill in the gaming community, but this is a win. This is an absolute win, and I'll give them credit. Well, dude, speaking of Power Rangers, you know what this builds a framework for? We could see a Power Rangers HD collection because they are owned by Nickelodeon, same people that Ninja Turtles is owned by. That's cool, but their their library games don't hold a candle compared to the Turtles games. Dude, I, I know, but still, you cannot tell me that nothing is more iconic than the movie game for the Sega. No, because I had never even heard of it until I met you, and then, you know, like, literally, I, I was a Sega kid growing up, and I never heard of this game, you know, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great beat-em-up, but probably the best one that's licensed compared to, like, Streets of Rage 2, which is unfuckwithable, let's be real here, but well, like I, I said, I it would be nice to see. No, it definitely would. Imagine, imagine that sixteen-bit uh, audio, the music from that game being cleaned up for today. Well, imagine actually getting all three of the freaking Sega Game Gear games for it. Uh, I never got to play them long enough because the Game Gear would die so quickly, choking out my batteries. I think it's time for us to get that, though. I mean, if you're going to go this far and redo the Game Boy. Why don't you go ahead and give us that, you know, game gear? You know, give us the because those games are highly revered. Like they're fantastic beat 'em ups. I'll I'll give you. There's just more equity because the Turtles games were better for a longer stretch. Where yeah, Power Rangers Fighting Edition's cool. Uh, obviously, the movie version on Genesis is awesome and fun. But that's I think that's marketing to a very strict niche audience. Well, I am the niche audience. <laughs> okay, party of one. Who's that audience of one? Who's that sound like? Come on, pal. I'm a fan too. Oh goodness. But uh, the yeah, the the teenage mutant ninja turtles collection is going to be an absolute joy. It's going to take a lot of people back to a simpler time, which is what we do here on the show. And hopefully, those of you who go out and purchase it absolutely love it, like we are going to. I'm about to say something else to you, Kyle. You know, the fact we talked about last week with the Capcom Fighting Collection. Mm-hmm. You know, getting to see a cleaned up version of Super Street Fighter or even Hyper. Like, I'm, I'm excited. It's, it's a good time to be a gamer because we're starting to see a lot of things that are getting remastered and put out there for the next generation. And, and, done, and, and done right. You know, well, and like I said, Dark Stalkers was the other thing I'm excited about. Now that wasn't a game I didn't I didn't know about until high school. I was very late to Darkstalkers, but at the same time, um, Capcom's done very well. And you know, with the HD remasters, it always comes down to to the development studio. You you give them the IP to to ensure that they take care of it and make sure that the integrity is retained and oftentimes exceeded. But this one, I think everybody is on board that. The, the Cowabunga collection is going to kick ass. Um, I'm stoked for it, and I know you are as well. And hopefully, folks, you will be too. Absolutely. Byron, what do you got for us this week, my friend? Well, today, when I was taking a little breather at work, 
uh, I watched a video by a YouTuber by the name of Covert Go Blue. He is a Magic Gathering Arena YouTuber, and he made an announcement today that apparently uh, Wizards of the Coast is going to be changing up their in-game economy for their game Magic Gathering Arena. Okay. So I don't know what exactly all that means, but if it means it's easier to get like the rares and uh, mythic rares I need for the decks I want to play, I'm all for it. So, I mean, it's maybe it make, it make it a little bit easier to get the stuff we need. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll ha- kind of have to just wait and see. So what I'm hearing is, is deck support, possibly. Uh, yeah, it's essentially it's it right now in the game in order to get rares and uh, mythic rares, you have to open them from packs. And if you after you open six packs, you get a guaranteed uh, wild card. That's a rare mythic rare. So if they make it easier to get the wild cards you need to build the decks you want to play, I'm all for it. But if it's a joke of a thing to be a complete joke, then I'm like, what's the point? So it's a I'm going to be monitoring and because I play uh, right now, I don't really play much paper magic. So getting a chance to maybe have a much more diverse deck list on my uh, online account, I'm much more all for that. Fair enough. Very well I, spoken on that. So uh, well, like I said, just have to wait and see. So that's what I got this week. Man, I tell you what, it's a hell of a week starting out. Obviously, we're a little late to the party, folks, because we're officially recording on a Wednesday. Hey, hey, at least we're getting an episode out. That's all that matters. Yeah, we're, def- we're we're getting the content out. We did get a little bit behind. Life happens, as it does. But we are here. We're rocking and rolling just for y'all, because it's what we do. And at the end of the show, we're going to preview next week's big, big show. With no oh, big yeah. show. With no big show, of course. But... All life. Yeah, no more BS. But we got something very special lined up for next week, and we're gonna uh, preview for y'all. So keep so keep it tight. Stay tuned, guys. What do you say we go ahead and go into our next topic here? You know, there's always some salty moments in gaming, but what do you guys consider the most toughest bosses or absolute rage quit saltiest moments you've endured during a game? Let's start from the beginning, shall we? Shao Kahn, Mortal Kombat Two. Dear God in heaven. Dude, I'm, I'm telling you, I feel like that Idol is so much more saltier than Shao Kahn. I know, I completely agree. He's worse, but like, if we're going to, I want to start from the beginning. The first time I wanted to, to throw a controller at a TV, which of course, growing up black and poor and, and, and with no money, if you break something, your ass ain't getting another one. So, as much <laughs> as I wanted to, we didn't do it. <laughs> first and foremost getting to the top of the ladder in mortal kombat 2 was hard enough as is even on very easy mode or difficulty but getting past kentaro was a bitch but shao khan was cheap as shit i think i finally beat him with sub-zero it took forever he sucked but to your point and i'll let you wax on this one because i do love me some killer instinct Idol is a bitch and a half. Man, like I said, with Killer Instinct, there is not really, even on like the easiest mode, it seems like it's pretty much taunting you by playing on easy because there's points in that game where like you can be facing somebody as Glacius and fucking he spams you. Like just juggles you to no end. And it's not even, you know, expected at that point. 
And then as you're climbing up through the top, you're like, all right, I've beaten Cinder. I've beaten all these other ones. Like, Fulgore is like the benchmark before the end. Between him and Spinal, that was like the two that I always got hung up on before Idol. But Idol being as cheap as he was, he would run and charge into you and do like a usually a six combo right out the gate. Mm-hmm. And then as he's standing there, you know, pretty much oops, stomping in place. Let's we'll go with that. Stomping in place and raising his staff in the air. He's recharging himself. Yep. And he, then he, pretty much took away all the work that you've done. Exactly. That's what I absolutely hated. Like you can nail like a, a sweet eight, nine hit combo on him, juggle him a little bit. And then, you know, he'll, I don't know, out of nowhere, he'll launch you into about a six or seven hit, like a, a master combo. And then he'll start stomping and regaining himself. Like, what the hell did I even do any of this for? That was a waste. Oh, and, you know, it, it's better to have had that game on a home console than in the arcade if you got to idle and you ran out of quarters. And then you <laughs> have to carry that anger home from the arcade. I can't even imagine because we never had Killer Instinct in any. Uh, among our arcade cabinets uh, back in Papa Bluff growing up. Um, so that's definitely one. Byron, I know you got to have some some bosses that just made you want to go scream fuck at the TV. Uh, for me, the one that comes to mind more than anything was the final boss in Kirby's Nightmare in Dreamland. I don't know if you've, if you've ever made that yeah. far. No. Far so, I've so, the game. I've been there. So essentially the final boss fight is a two-phase thing. You have the uh, first phase where the boss is a little orb and it's on a time. You have a time set on this. You're get, you gotta use your uh, star wand to damage him enough to get to phase two. If you don't, he disappears. The map starts shrinking and then you die. So you've got that. That's rage inducing itself. Just trying to do that while still getting shot at by the stupid orb. And then phase two is was honestly phase one was harder than phase two. Getting through phase one was the rage inducing moment. But phase two is just patience, and you can do it. I think Jared remembers well, that. Well, anytime he had to open up it. Well, anytime he opened up his cloak, you had to attack him. Yeah. Again, that, that's that's not bad. It's just trying to get through that phase one with, with an, uh, enough damage on him to actually get to phase two is a hard part before you ran out of time. Yeah, and I mean, and the thing that I, you know, I, I'm all for making things a little easier. That's the only thing I hated whenever they did the remaster of that guy and put it out for the GBA is they took away the timer. So they made it where it was super easy. Oh, so just... you had t- plenty of time to actually do it then. Oh, yeah, there was no timer. You had all the time in the world to try to do it. And, well, I mean, he it... would just shoot his random stars, and then he would do, like, his little star shower thing, yeah. and it was just... Yeah. Well, the thing the thing is, in the, uh, in the original NES version, you didn't know you had a timer until your time was up, and you're like, wait, what? And that was, again, that's the rage-inducing part. It's like you didn't know you had a time limit to be, get to Phase 2. But it was probably one of the most satisfying victories I've ever had in the game. Well, I was going to say, between that and another time-induced, like, raging moment when you're trying to escape the planet on Super Metroid. Ooh. Oh, man. That's, that was stressful. What like, didn't help music, the, the, the music anxiety. didn't help. Like the the music didn't help to how tense the situation was and the fact that you're also timed. Uh, that that's pressure. Oh, dude, I remember that. Uh, I was gonna say probably another one of those moments to actually tie into that Metroid Fusion as well. You know, escaping the pl- or escaping from the space station on that one wasn't as terrible, but the fact of when you were trying to run away from the Psyax, 
the music itself created such dread for you. You're like, oh my god, I gotta get away. And then he would use like ice beam to freeze you repeatedly until you were dead. <laughs> Another course I got, and we talked about before before we uh, went live. Street Fighter Two and Bison. Oh God! Yes, we we had a debate about Bison versus Sagat. Yeah, I, I used to have more. I used to have more trouble with Sagat, as a matter of fact. But not not me. I had much Bison more issues with Bison. Bison was just like cheap and bullshit. Mm-hmm. You think you get him close well, to out of nowhere, Psycho Crusher? Well, and then sometimes too, like we were talking about as well, Kyle, just for cheap moments, freaking Vega as well. You didn't know what variant you were going to be fighting him, depending <laughs> what happened. Depends on what the game felt like pl- dealing your way. Oh, man. Also, remember when you played Street Fighter 2 Turbo? Um, I bl- no, was, was it Super Street Fighter 2 that uh, uh, Akuma appeared in? I think it's Super Street Fighter 2, yeah. And then he just shows up and obliterates freaking uh, Bison. And uh, you, you're fighting yeah. this dude with no name, no picture. And like, wait, who the hell? And like he throw and he throws Hadoukens while jumping in the in midair. Like, um, okay, this is scary. <laughs> <laughs> like if you were lucky enough, if you were good enough to get to get to that point and see that, first off, like in the arcades, you were a legend. Because that's one of those where everybody had to gather around to see. But uh yeah, Akuma was an absolute bastard to deal with. I got I got the ultimate bastard final boss. Shoot. Mike Tyson. Shoot. Mm, that, how, do we, how do we even get this far without talking about Tyson and Punch Out? The, the ultimate you had to play that you had to play that fight a hundred percent perfect, or you lose. There, there ain't Dude. no two second shots. It's one hit, you're done. Yeah, basically. I was gonna say also too, Sephiroth from Kingdom Hearts One. The whole thing you hack away at him, his health doesn't drop. And then it's like after you've wasted maybe three health bars, it finally starts to show like, oh, now he's losing health. <laughs> but like his health bars start completely at the top of the screen. You're just like, oh, my God, there's like 14 health bars and they're not going down. What's going on? <laughs> and like it's, it's ridiculously stupid. I got another one for you to bump it up to 32 bits. Uh, or to Okay, go ahead. Station. Of course, you guys know I love Metal Gear Solid. I think it's one of the greatest video games of all time. Most influential of the last 25 years. Psycho Mantis, who disconnects, and to keep in mind, in 1998, you're probably not mentally equipped to deal with something like this. A boss character disconnecting your controller. Where he says, I'm going to move, I'm going to move your power by the by my will alone. And when the battle starts, it, like the screen goes black and it says Hideo in the right grips, uh, the right top corner. And then the battle starts and you can't move. He dis- you have to plug your controller into port two in order to face him. And then he will continue in- and then he'll continue to uh, disconnect your power and you have to keep switching it back and forth. Like I'm 11 years old at the time. I, I- my brain can't handle this. Like, what the that shit? That is some serious anxiety. It is, and the thing is, physically, not a tough boss, because he, uh, you know, he he jumps into people's minds and reads their minds and does mind control and all that jazz. 
that's essentially what he does to you. He takes control of your mind by disconnecting your power. It's nuts. And the only way you find out is that you have to use the you have to use the codec to call your your CO and he'll tell you what to do. Otherwise, you have no clue. That that pissed me off as a kid. Oh, I got something for you. How about a, a whole rage inducing franchise? Ooh. OK, Dark Souls. Yep. <laughs> the floor <No> is yours. <laughs> I, here's the thing. I'm not bashing anybody who enjoys that. If you want to spend the hours upon hours to get good at the game and really know how to like learn the ins and outs, every boss fight, like uh, everything about it, great for you. I don't have the patience to sit there and die 500 times on one boss just proceed 5% in the story. No, thank you. It's not for me. And that's just, to me, it's just rage-inducing to be like, oh, I go to this boss, and I died. Okay, get back to the boss, and I died. Get back to the boss, and I died. Over and over and over. You're going to learn a little bit here and there. Like I said, there's people who are very good at it. Like I said, I'm not bashing anybody for liking it. I'm just saying it's rage-inducing as hell. Well, you got to think, like, it's kind of like now with the Elden Ring. They have it where oh, if you die, you lose your items. You have to collect them. Well, Elden Rings is a part of the Dark Soul franchise. Oh, it is. I know. I'm just saying. Uh, anything like that, I have never been one to really enjoy going and running after, you know, to collect my items that I already put in all the work to get anyway. No joke. Uh, and it's, it's, it have some like nice slaughter me. Yeah, it's like, it's depending on where you die at, too. It's like, you could have a, a real pain just to get back to them. Like I said, it's, if you're a diehard, you love that kind of diehard, hardcore stuff, hey, more power to you. I'm not bashing you. I'm saying, to me, that's rage-inducing. It's, it's not my cup of tea. Yeah, I, I definitely can agree with you on that. That is just salt in the wounds there with that one. I mean, yeah, I, I can't really put anything else to you, Byron, to be honest with you. I really <laughs> want to throw, like, a crazy Steve from, like, Resident Evil 4, you know, chainsaw-wielding guy, but I'm like... Even that just, no, doesn't compare no. to the, the, <laughs> the nightmare and raging of Dark Souls. I'd like to say the original rage-inducing game was Battletoads, though. Oh, that's all. Battletoads and Contra. Contra's nowhere near as bad. Contra's very approachable. Now, Battletoads is a good game. We can all agree it's a good game. Probably the worst <laughs> two-player game to play. Yes. Because you don't realize friendly fire is on until you're mega punching your partner off the screen. That and I'm not gonna lie, the ramp, the ramp stage or whatever. Oh, you are you talking about the uh, this, uh third stage? Turbo tunnel. Yep, turbo tunnel is not even the worst stage in that game. That's I never sad got, thing. I never got far enough to find out. No, I'm about to say the water stage in that one is a bitch, but oh no, yeah, that game that that game right there. Brings a whole new meaning to the word "team killing fucktard." <laughs> oh, the second. Do you remember the, the second level? Uh, the tunnel where you fly, you're climbing down. You had to be so fucking careful. Like, oh my god! Like, if you're not paying attention, you straight up just kill your partner. Oh, dude, you wrecking ball them right off the fucking stage. <laughs> yeah. We, me, me, and my brothers would literally we play that. Be like, listen, I'll be up top. You've been bottom. You stay on your side. Do not come to my side of the screen. Well, and then all of a sudden, like, you're making your combo, you're doing your punching, and then you turn into a wrecking ball and knock everybody off. Yep. 
I tell you guys what, the next time you're over, we can put the cartridge in. We can we can have all the rage oh. together. I mean, I'm down. I, I think I could still get through the first three levels fairly easily. The like I said, it's a few levels. Uh, Snake City, there ain't no way in hell I could probably do no. that. No. Uh, I, I'm fairly certain I could probably get through Surf City or Snake Tales, whatever it is. Like, there's certain levels I definitely get through. Other ones, I'm like, there ain't no way in hell. That game is just so daunting. Like, it does not have any mercy. It's, for the it's not forgiving. No, Although it's I will, not. I will say the Battletoads for the uh, Super NES was actually really good. I'll tell you one in my wheelhouse of games that kind of ruined a sequel for Mario Brothers. Mario Brothers The Lost Levels. Oh, pain, pain. Story about oh, that. Pain. I think Japanese. I think I'm the reason why Japanese developers uh, didn't release this game in the United States because I thought the blue mushroom, like any other kid, probably was a good thing. Oh, the purple mushroom. Yeah, the yeah. one with the, with the with the frowny face. Yeah, not thinking anything of it because I see, oh, mushroom, gotta be good. Nope, I'm little. Oh, I'm dead. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, we already knew you were little. Oh. Not everywhere, dude. Get out of here. I, I got one for you. Uh, the uh, new Super Mario for the Wii. That's rage inducing. Playing Did with you, too many people, yeah. You, but it's so much fun. Two, two people is the comfort zone there. You get like, so for example, like when me, Layla, and Miranda play, it's just like that third party where she's laughing because she's screwing us over as we're playing. And it's yeah, just like, so stop fun. it. You try to make it's a the jump. same way with like, oh my god, yeah. Well, it's even the same way with like Super Mario 3D World. Uh, like, so the, 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 the thing is, when somebody jumps and they, you jump and then hang their head and push them down a hole, it's funny. We do it to them. When you do it to you, somebody does it to you, you're just like, I'm gonna kill you. Do you guys want to know what the most ultimate rage quit moment is? What? Fucking player two. <laughs> Player two. Mm. Oh, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get Look it. Look at anybody on. Why did that go over both of y'all's heads? No, I took me a second. I remembered. Yeah, the most reintroducing <laughs> is anytime you play on the original like NES or Super NES, you always want to be player one. You never want to be player two. Well, it's house rules. The person who lives there is player one. But what if you got brothers? Oldest is player. It- well, the oldest is player one, but you got to think the person on player two always ends up screwing you over, especially at Mario 3 when you have, like, the battle stages. Uh-huh. Yes. They're the saltiest fucks because as soon as you try to pass them, they hit that goddamn button. Oh, no, I got a rage. I got a rage. I got a rage one. Playing Sonic 2 split screen with your sister, and your sister, number one, is a ring hoarder, so yeah, she gets all the rings. And always knew what was in what switch boxes and what uh, item boxes. Because on the multiplayer, there was a box that would switch your location with somebody. With you, with like if you're Sonic, it'll switch with whoever's playing with Tails. And she would always get those. And more often than not, I'd immediately get swapped into a into a position where I'm about to run into an enemy lose my rings or if i don't have anything lose a life and then you go back to the beginning of the freaking level and she continues on i hated that i hated playing against her and even though it's illogical and i know better she's still a cheater <laughs> goodness 
I don't know, a lot of the, my things. And I was always the little brother, so I was always Luigi. Amanda was first player. That explains so why that's, I Luigi so much. Well, I do. And you also, you know, where I speak for experience, player two is the ultimate troll. <laughs> Facts. Yeah, Facts good? of life there. Especially like in Super Mario World, that was a whole nother one. I mean, I can think of several other instances where it's just like, it, it's literally the oh. person across from you is the ultimate oh. troll when it comes to multiplayer. I got you. I got one for you. Uh, playing co-op, Donkey Kong Country, any of them. Oh, dear. Oh, God. Okay, two-player contest is okay and acceptable. Two-player team, fuck that shit. No, because then you lose friends over that. Because you never oh, get to yeah. play. If somebody's good enough, you never get to play. Exactly, and you're always feel, you're always like subservient to the person that's like that's starring and balling out. Pretty much. <laughs> well, that too, and then obviously they do rotate it around in the second game, where like if you beat a stage, still fixes. But then by the time you, <sighs> there's just so much shit there. Obviously, you can screw your opponent over by picking them up and throwing them. Though that was one thing yeah. I hated in two. Uh, I'm going to throw you right in front of this. Oh, you're crying. Oh, the enemy hit you. You're gone. Oh, well. Oh, well, it's my turn to play. I'll get you out of the barrel in a little while. Oh, there's a barrel. I'm, I'm good. I don't need you. Yeah. That that oh. was always one of the saltier moments there. Whatever. It's just like, I'm sorry. Am I not good enough to play with you? <laughs> 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 oh, God. Got plenty. I of. think we've beat the dog shit of this thing out to death. What do you say we go to the next rotation of things? Let's talk about something of joyous things and something in my wheelhouse. Let's talk about our best concert memories. Oh, so many. You know, now, admittedly, I haven't been to a lot of concerts in my life, but uh, this one, because it didn't, it didn't really register until years later when I became super in love with this band, but in 2009, uh, Papa Roach and Shinedown came to the Black River Coliseum in PB, and they had and there was a, there was an opening act band with a lead, with a female lead vocalist called Hailstorm. Ah, I'm a Hailstorm. Okay. Yeah, I'm a sucker for female lead vocalists in in in, in rock bands. Uh, having always loved like you know uh, Pat Benatar and um, Joan Jett. And then I see this woman, Lizzie Hale, up there, who reminds me of Joan Jett, you know, for the modern time. Just screaming and wailing and her brother, you know, killing the drums and everything like that. That stuck with me a ton. But um, probably my favorite one, and they're not necessarily like a rock rock band, but I got to go see the band Chicago on my birthday in 2012, I want to say it was, 2012 up at the uh, amphitheater in St. Louis. And that was a fantastic time. Yeah, it was sweltering hot as balls. It's St. Louis in the summer, come on. But I, you know, it was it was a wonderful time. Ario Speedwagon was there too, which was really sweet. Um, so, you know, I don't have too many, but those really stuck with me, especially getting to go see uh, Chicago and Ario on my 25th uh, with a really good friend. That was great. But I'm sure you guys have a lot more to wax on, so we'll let you take center stage. Well, I was going to say, probably one of my most favorite concert memories was when I got to go see Rise Against, Thrice, the Gaslight Anthem, and Alkaline Trio. That one was hell on wheels, and it even takes higher place than when I went to see him, Kyle. <laughs> uh <laughs> 
Well, dude, like, so many things, like, at that time were happening in the Ville. He was just not where he needed to be in life. Obviously, was recovering from smoking, was trying to get his body back in healthy condition. You know, because dude had such problems with alcohol and everything else. You know that, I know that. Mm-hmm. But the thing about Rise Against is their music is literally like a shot of adrenaline in your arm. Like, yeah. Oh, dude, like they opened up the show with Chamber of the Cartridge. So you were already on the edge of it. And then, of course, as soon as that's done, you're falling right into Prayer for the Refugee. And just everything else. It was just magnificent. I enjoyed that one probably the most. And actually, a band I've been wanting to see that I haven't gotten to see, I'm finally going to go see In Flames. Oh, nice. heck yeah. Are you taking, the, you taking uh, Miranda to that? I am going to be the first one to take her metal cherry. We are going to be seeing... <laughs> we are going to be seeing... And there may be some... Uh, I'm going to try to prevent it, but there may be... <laughs> Mossman four six in the future. <laughs> oh God! But uh, yeah. So Megadeth, obviously, Lamb of God, and then and In Flames. It's gonna be a fucking hell of a show. Oh yeah, that sounds like a hell of a show. Oh dude, it's stacked. Byron, what about you, buddy? Like I said, I went ahead and just went with my favorite one. I can uh, tell you I'm... about all the other shows I've been to. I, I think it's this. I don't really have one that sticks out in my memory. It's different elements of each show because like for me the ones that were stick out for me is like uh the first concert i ever really went to uh was in popper bluff with uh jessica crutchfield shout out to her uh yeah, we went, we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to let her know that she got a shout out she'll love that we went uh mrs smith got tickets to go to the concert to of uh rev theory papa roach and a7x and she gave them to me and jessica we went and that was my first like real live rock concert. And it was, I mean, I remember distinctly remember Jacoby. I think he was singing Hollywood whore with somebody's, somebody threw their bra on stage with his, the bra on his neck. <laughs> I, I, I distinctly remember that. And like, it just, that, that for me, that show just stuck in my mind. It's like, it's, it was just like very like, this is what got me really into the, like the rock genre. And then, uh, uh, getting a chance to see Godsmack almost, like right up on the grate, like the uh, metal fence was amazing. It's a great space because I've always loved Godsmack. Again, it's just these different elements, different moments in these concerts for me. It's like I don't have one favorite one. It's that these certain ones stick out because these were certain key po- like, times in my life. Like getting a chance to see God, uh, Disturbed in St. Louis with uh, Breaking Benjamin, Alter Bridge, and I can't remember the fourth band, but uh, getting, uh, oh, uh, what was it? Brook Royal. Yeah. Like getting to, getting to see all of these different, yeah, that was just something I wanted to see way back in high school. So, again, getting to see these different things throughout the other parts of my life is just again, there's no one key concert that sticks out in my mind. It's at this time, this concert stuck out the most. At this time, this concert stuck out the most. So, again, so those are just a few of them that really stick out to me. Again, the most recent one for me that really sticks out is getting a chance to see uh, Sabaton and uh, Frack. Uh, Judas Priest live. Ooh, Judas. That was blasphemy. You forgot Judas Priest. I'm sorry. Like, I, Judas Priest is a good band. Just I'm not as familiar with their stuff. And to me, it's I much much prefer Sabaton. And I guess he was gonna go see them again this fall in uh, Nashville. 
It's probably you. <laughs> I, I keep trying to talk Brandon into going see an MCR in fucking Houston, but fucking well, $129 for tickets. Hell nah, Karen. <laughs> well, the thing okay. is, I, I, I would watch them if they were back in St. Louis, but the closest, the closest, closest three cities to me right now are either Cincinnati, Chicago, or Nashville. Uh, Cincinnati is just too far. Chicago, I you will not catch me dead there. I'm sorry. I just I don't I don't like the city. Well, and, I'm in Chicago, May the seventh. And then so, hopefully, have enough money saved up that I, I can get tickets and go see them October third in Nashville. I kind of want to go to the Beale Street Music Festival, formerly Memphis in May. Go it's see Weezer and. It's always going to be Memphis in May, but you know what I mean. I'd love yeah. to go see Gary Clark Jr. I'd love to go see Weezer and a bunch of these acts that they have this year. That could be a fun thing for us to do as a group is to pick a music festival we all want to go see and go do it. You know, we got one down here every summer. It's called Rocklahoma, which is just a oh, super loaded uh, rock and metal you know, concert. Uh, if only they would bring back Bonestock. Oh Lord! Oh, I'll you tell you guys, you you're gonna you're gonna really get me to wax poetic about some bone stock, man. Don't 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 do that. The uh, only bone, the only bone stock, gentlemen, <laughs> just to just to prep, just to uh, give you some context. Bone stock was a summer music festival that would be hosted at, back back in our hometown of Poplar Bluff by uh, our by I stay still say our local rock station Z ninety five the Bone. Shout out to the Boss Hall, Randy Bailey. Um, did it for 10 years, and then, you know, some things happen we're not going to get into here on this platform, but we haven't been able to do bone stock, and he gets asked about it every single year. Says he misses doing it. We all miss it. Um, I worked I worked a few of them. Um, great times. Great, great times. The, the only, that would be a uh, good time to bring it back and actually come with a new name. Like, I remember they tried to do the, the Bluff Music Festival that one yeah, music. It was Music on Main. He's gone main, but I feel like it, that if they it, wanted it, to do something else, it would be easy to come up with a name and to put it out there. The only boss like I went to was the one where uh, Shaman Harvest headlined. Oh goodness! Oh, I can't remember which one that was, but I I knew all about some Shaman's Harvest, but that is honestly because they did a WWE theme song for and one it, of the current guys. And that uh that boss like uh, introduced me to uh, Joan Red and. Uh, Fallen Within. I think it was Fallen No, it's not Fallen Within. I can't remember who it was. That was another band. I have to look them up. But uh, no, it was a it was a great show. It was a great time. All day, just you pay your entry and all day different stages going on. It was great. Remember Bonestock Nine? We had to move up to August because we got rained out. <laughs> that was that was not fun. That was the year for Saving Able, wasn't it? No, that was ten. That was the okay. last one. Uh, Bonestock Nine, we wound up having de facto, I believe, at Scooters. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say with Scooters. You guys know that is actually a flea market now. Yeah, Scooters Valley Flea Market doesn't surprise me. Yeah, lots yeah, of the guys that I remember, and some I'd rather forget. <laughs> well, the father took over the business and said, "Hey, we're gonna make this a flea market because we literally have five other flea markets around us here." And not even that, with the size of the building, they were standing to make more money at with uh, as a flea market than they were doing, you know, the bar and you know shows and stuff. 
But yeah, great memories, uh, folks. Once again, if you want to, you know, divulge your favorite uh, concert memories, let us know on Facebook, Twitter. Um, e- you can email us, obviously, beardsbruisingbros at gmail.com. We are everywhere, and we want to hear from you. Absolutely, folks. I'll tell you what, guys, let's talk about some co-op games. We've obviously waxed poetically about games that where you're going to play in the future a little bit earlier on. And we talked about games that absolutely just make us want to fucking quit. So let's talk about some stuff we want to play together. Obviously, Turtles is going to be the big thing for me to contribute to this party. But what's something you guys want to play? Honestly, I would love to do like a RTS game with you guys. And that's what I want to do. Because RTSs with a bunch of friends is so much more fun than by yourself. Absolutely. Kyle, what about you, buddy? Well, because uh, I know, I think I, I might be able to get Byron in on this because this game is finally being re- released for the Switch. And he is a baseball guy, but MLB The Show 22. I, I, have, it, I have it ready for pre-installation already. Um and just waiting for that to drop. And it is going to be on Switch. And, you know, he does does enjoy his baseball. And you're coming around as well. I would love to spank y'all's asses. Hey, we're talking about co-op. Dude, I was actually not, really not, jealous. Not against each other. Go ahead, but man. Play, I believe you could play that together. I believe you can. It's uh, one, thing to say about, one thing I have to say about baseball games, co-op, is it's not exactly the most fun. Indeed. But, I mean, shit and whip y'all's ass in i mean sure. I'm <laughs> saying, i'd rather play a beat em up with y'all and i would love to slay some zombies by you with you by my zombies side. ate my neighbors man that too uh, oh oh we you guys want to know something made me super jealous today one of my customers is going to spring training get out yeah that's awesome so jerry do you yeah, want some zombies it, yeah, I'm all about shooting some zombs, man. Could we play some Left 4 Dead too? Ooh. We can play some Left 4 Dead too. Also, got to play finish up with what we've what I bought for you that one day, Resident I, Evil Five. Yeah, I was gonna you say you beat me too, and we you know do some mercenaries on RE Five. I mean, I have it. I've been playing. I played a little bit. Now I'm just waiting for you to say, "Hey, let's play." If I, I know, I know. I'm gonna get that commitments, man. <laughs> that would that, that would be an abs that that's an absolute joy. Uh, of course, you're talking classic beat 'em ups, uh, Jared. We we could always get down some Final Fight, uh, preferably Final Fight Three. It's the best one. Yeah, there's 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 I'll give you that. There's there there's there's countless games. Uh, I'll tell yeah, you, the we one. need to play Scott Pilgrim versus the World. And shout out to my friend Yolkis for obviously helping me play it here in recent times. Which we still got to finish our file too. But that's something else we need to fucking play. Honestly, if we're gonna do beat 'em up, I'd rather play Turtles in Time. Completely. Fair enough. And Kyle, I'm sorry to cut Dibs you off. You go Angelo. right ahead. Dibs on Michelangelo on that, by the way. Leo. Uh, oh, I'm a Leo guy all day, every day. Whatever. None shows we're, me, dude. We're, we're going to fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, like, you know, like, like I said, there's just, there's so many games, but if there's, I'll say this on to counterpoint. If there is one co-op game you cannot pay me to play with anybody, it's Double Dragon 3. Hmm. Uh, no, thank you. That that game is broken beyond belief, and it is unnecessarily hard. No way in hell. Um, if I if I could get God. you guys into, I was say if I get you guys, I say if I get you guys into playing an RTS with me, it would be one of two games. 
either a Civ game or uh, Total War Warhammer. Okay, I'd be okay with some Warhammer. Kyle, while we're waxing about some games, why don't you tell the grand audience what we have cooking up? All right. Now, I've I've recently been watching a lot of the channel Up, Up, Down, Down, and also shout out to WWE superstar Xavier Woods and his crew. Uh, Amazing channel, very entertaining, uh, great content. And also listening to his podcast, Feel the Power with the New Day and uh, with Kofi Kingston Big E. And about a year and a half ago, they did a tournament ranking the greatest television show of all time in a March Madness style format. 64 shows, majority rule, majority rules advances. Bottom line, they voted Dragon Ball Z is the greatest television show of all time. Now, it is officially March Madness season, the best time of the year for sports, period. Uh, ask my mama, she'll tell you. Uh, and I got the idea, why don't we vote on the greatest retro video game of all time? Now, what we're going to do is put together a 32 um, a 32-game bracket, if you will, with one half being represented by 16 of what we're going to choose, and with also with, with a listener suggestion, the best Nintendo and Sega games. Now, that covers, now based on the rules that we have set here, all games released from 1985 to 2004, so pre-primary HD gaming. So you can take any game from any console, Nintendo release from NES up to GameCube. One game per franchise, though. One game per franchise. And any Sega game, Sega's Genesis, Master System, if you're that if you're that hardcore, all the way up to Dreamcast. The other half of the bracket will be represented by PlayStation and Xbox games. That's PlayStation 1 and 2 and original Xbox. Majority rules votes. <laughs> Once again, one game per franchise. Because I talked to one, I talked to a guy, uh, and he and he and he mentioned three Final Fantasy games. I'm like, hey, he's a he's a player. One. I've got three for Xbox already. Three for Xbox already. Okay, okay. Now we're not going to reveal the games until next week. Now, among us, among us three, and with listener suggestions, we will come up with a, we will come up with the games, but. You, the listeners, will not know what, what we are going to be voting on until next week. It is March Madness season. I think it's high time we start getting knee-deep into uh, showing showing love in our way, the only way we can, to the most unpredictable um, sporting event of the year, the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament, where anything happens and brackets get busted. So we want to we want to hear from you. This is going to be a great time. Beards, Brews, and Bros presents March Madness Retro Video Games 2022 next week. It's going down. Get your March Gaming Madness on today, folks. I am super excited for this. And like talking talking I mean, to you, Jared, I I know you're just ultra geek. We've all gonna we all got our choices already made up in our minds, but we also want to definitely hear from you. And I already got my winner. I'm going to go that far. Oh, really? Yes, I do. Now, for context, the last time I did something like this, uh, was a co- I, got to, I was a contributor on a local sports talk radio show way back in the day for KOID and Pop Above. And we did March Madness Bracket. And I said on air during the selection show, Selection Sunday, where they, uh, on CBS they, put, they uh, announced the teams that made it, I said, if I lose... 
I will do the blazing wing challenge, thinking there's no way I'm going to lose. And I lost. <laughs> well, good news is, Kyle, you're already used to losing, so this is going to be just a cakewalk for you. Listen here, all I do is win, bitch. Get out of here. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Really, really? Can you go back to the game, the uh, five week gaming challenge, sir? Oh, uh, you know what? That never. <laughs> the man happened. who did it win a We need to talk about most things that are on the top shelf, Kyle. That never. Ha- <laughs> I have a step ladder. Thank you. Fuck you, also. Uh, but I lost that bet and had to do the Blazing Wing challenge on live radio. And uh, I'll just say this: the next day, I was sitting on an ice pack in a separate room. Hey, don't worry. We'll make sure we get you some Depends this time. You know, at my age, I just might start needing them. <laughs> the next yeah. week, folks, but be on the lookout. This is going to be an extremely fun episode next week, and we're going to have a lot of fun with this, and we uh, we hope that you do with us on Triple Bs. We're going to be voting, once again, old school gaming is what we do, and NES all the way up to just before the launch of the Xbox 360 is the cutoff line, the end of 2004. So one game per franchise, we want to know from you. We're going to throw it down. Arguments are going to be had for sure, and it's going to be great. So be on the lookout next week. Absolutely. Guys, we say we go ahead and hit the rewind button and go into our retro rewind. Where this week we're going to be talking about. (laughs) And this week we're going to be talking about the thing of the past, the phones phones from back in the day folks don't call me till after nine when my minutes are free I'm talking That's... about things phones that could survive a nuclear blast oh when my text costs you 99 cents a text yep and then data rates back in the day were an arm and a leg data mates data rates may apply oh god or when you thought you were hot shit when you had a polythonic ringtone Oh, God. Uh, so what was either both of you guys' first cell phone? Like, what what company did you rock in your pocket? LG. Nokia. Virgin Mobile. <laughs> oh, thank you're talking dad. like actual... Thank you. thank, you're thank you're talking dad. like cellular company. If that's the case, it was, it was singular. Verizon then. I had a Virgin Mobile flip phone that had the antenna in 2006. Oh, we had the phone that you could plug into your, like, dad used to have, like, one of those mounts in his truck that would run off the antenna outside so he could actually have, like, the phone call come through his radio and to be able to have it work. Yeah. Yeah, those those wonderful pieces of machinery right there. God. Do you guys remember the bridge, like, the Nokia track phones? Mm-hmm. God, those things, you could literally drop them off of the Empire State Building and you, there'd be more damage to the damn sidewalk than the phone. Well, that's what I had, man. They only came in two colors, silver and blue. Or right, guys, you remember this? Phone cases. Back in the yeah. day, they were snap-on. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, they were snap-on now, but like you remember thinking it was hot shit when you could go down to your local the phone store there in Popper Bluff and have it were... You could have it laser etched. Oh yeah, I remember off of uh, it was down uh, it was downtown it was downtown area. I remember what we're talking about. Yeah, it was across the Vidoc, but yeah, no. And then like little shells like that would clip over the actual shell of the phone. 
that were like you could change the color of the buttons, do like little things like that. When razors were the it thing. Oh, good God! Everybody in high in my high school wanted a razor phone. I never understood the fascination. Like, someone please explain that to me. It was just a sleek, a sleek flip phone. That's the biggest thing. Like, ah. Oh. And then, do you remember the early touchscreens? Yes, I do. How Tra- fragile they were. Mm-hmm. Like, you, I remember I had one, and uh, the screen got cracked pretty early on. You couldn't have you couldn't have fat fingers or be heavy-handed. Oh, they're, they're <laughs> so bad. They were so bad. And you know, the most embarrassing thing is if you didn't have if you didn't have money to you know get your uh, to. Uh, for a phone card and you had to wait until your mother's phone became active after nine o'clock if you wanted to call somebody that was embarrassing that sucks that's that's something i had to deal with sometimes because she because i wouldn't always have money like from her or my dad or whatever to you know pay to, to pay to have x amount of minutes yeah remember when you were when you were allotted like 300 minutes or whatever for how much money you spent Per month. Oh, dude. Yeah, I remember that. And then I'll be honest with you, we had a landline. My parents still have a landline, but putting the phone in the window and just leaving it there and putting it on speaker or having the wired headsets that you'd have coming through there and like the little boom mic that was about an inch. I don't know. I don't know how we did it. I really don't. Looking back. Well, dude, like we literally had like the shit of like. Well, you know, it was at the. This is one thing I can say. We've seen so many advancements in technology over time. Obviously, seeing memory cards go from like 128 megs to gigs and so on and so forth. And like, I remember like my first cell phone that actually had an SD card slot. Jesus, Jesus. Now, here's here's another one that'll take you back. Having to record to make your own ringtones by holding your phone up to the TV speaker. Mm-hmm. And recording. And yep. Oh, man. having to do the most to get the least. <laughs> or uh, you guys remember being able to actually Bluetooth your ringtones over? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, boy, you were you were the shit if you if you had Bluetooth on your phone in the early days of it. Oh, like, dude, you were on, on a higher tier of cool. Oh yeah, because like you had your Moto Razors, and you guys remember the Crazer, the other version of that that they made. I don't remember that. Or no, no, it wasn't the crazy. It was the sliver. It was like a pretty much not a flip version of the phone. You guys don't remember that at all? Honestly, I don't. I just remember a few people having them. It was just kind of like ass in the bucket because like you, it was a downgraded version of the original razors. And then I remember when the razors, when they started making them as like go phones, you remember Kyle? And they were pretty much like dumbed down. My dad had one. The good old go phone. It's funny, actually. Uh, my first girlfriend's dad bought me a go phone, which if you guys knew, you guys knew her and you knew her dad, then that's and knowing me, that's surprising. You guys uh, remember the little LG neons, little slide phones? It was kind of like a sidekick knockoff. Yeah, yeah. yeah those. I had one of those, and then I had the Walkman phone. Jeez. <laughs> oh, do you remember? Do you remember the old Blackberries with the little ball, uh, ball on it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, kind of like a trackball. 
Like, like yeah. I got, I got, like on a, on an old game controller. I didn't understand that. Uh, well, like even on a mouse, my dude. Like that was like the whole thing. Like that was the legitimate thing. Or like the blackjacks. You guys remember that? I think so. It didn't ring a bell. No, it, was, it was like a Windows PDA phone. Mm, okay, now I do. I remember. It had like a little stylus with it as well. Yep. It had like yeah. the weird like arched keyboard. God, yeah. phones, phones back in the day were so crazy. They tried like they're nothing like phones are now this day and age. Everybody was trying all kinds of different wacky ideas to see what would stick, you know. And that was that's that was the cool part of you know experimenting and seeing what works and what doesn't. But boy, what didn't work? Oof. Well, you think the sidekick was a big deal back then too, guys. It, and then I look at it. Once the iPhone came out, that's all she wrote. Yeah. Uh, never don't, don't get me started because my entire family roasts me for not having an iPhone. They said they, well, said, they said they always say there's nothing more, nobody more stubborn than someone who won't switch from Android to iPhone. And Androids will say there's nothing more stubborn than somebody who won't switch from iPhones to Android. Yep. I was going to say, two of your friends right here, actually three of your friends I can name right off the gate, have iPhones, Kyle. See? Oh, crap. This never ends. Like, I, I, well, dude, like the man from Whitworth River, he ended up switching to Android and then coming back to iPhone. Oh, I know, because I get to, in, in little text boxes, it always says, emphasize or loved the message I sent. I'm like, I, I can't do this, and I, I, I feel so <laughs> antiquated. <laughs> I have to read what he reacted to, but I can't react to it. Got to type my words out. <laughs> Goodness. He's living in the Stone Age, folks. He's an old man. Listen here. I am not old. He's... I am retro. You know, yeah. He's still over there trying to figure out how to wind his watch. <laughs> hey, Ted, don't forget to wind your watch. <laughs> oh but guys i think it's been a hell of a week and this has been a hell of an episode it's been a nice thing to take a trip down memory lane once again like always mm-hmm. and uh, also getting ready to deliver the gauntlet of you know the, the march gaming madness and the retro consoles this is going to be pretty big for us and i'm really excited to go to town with you on that and obviously uh, you know to put kyle in his place again and make him understand the feeling of loss Listen, I'm going to treat you like Iron Sheik. I'm going to break your back and make you humble and put you in the camel clutch. I want to see this. I want videos of this. I'm not sure how I'm going to get there, but I'm going to get there. (laughs) That's a big old Keep it mildly (laughs) appropriate, please, because we don't need to find this on the interwebs later. (laughs) Small man rides large man. We could make a fortune. Pause. Jeez. <laughs> oh, you know, goodness. Just, just can't do it. <laughs> well, Byron, what do you say you take us out this week since Kyle did it last week? All right. Well, folks, thanks again for listening to us. Remember, we're out there on Twitter and on Facebook, so please hit us up. Uh, just remember, be kind and always rewind. We'll see you all next week. Next week, guys. See ya.